0: Good morning. It's good to be with you again as we uh, study God's Word together. And for some of us, we drink our coffee together as we uh, begin our day. It is uh, always good to spend some time with you uh, reflecting on God's Word and getting our day off to a good start together. Uh, Today, um, our our suggested gospel reading was um, Mark 6, Mark 6 1 through 13. And um, I, I want to read to you just just some highlights of it, not the whole thing. It's just some highlights of the, of the two of this passage because it's interesting. This passage contains two stories within it. Mark is um, notorious is not the right word, but a lot of Mark's gospels. I, I remember learning this in seminary from Doctor Minor. Um, Mark, she always called it like a sandwich. Mark will have one of the two stories intertwined within each other. Um, you see it quite often in Mark's story, how one story will lead, right in Mark's gospel, how one story will lead directly to the next story, and how you can learn as much from what you're reading as you can from what just happened. So uh, let me tell you, we'll read part of this text today, and you'll see what I mean. So this passage today, 1 through 13, has two stories within it, uh, the rejection of, um, at his hometown, Jesus' hometown, and then the mission of the 12 following that. So I'll read to you. Um, just parts of the first section is one through six, where it says, this, this is, he, left, he left that place and came to his hometown and the disciples followed him on the Sabbath day, he began to teach in the synagogue and many were astounded. They said, where did this man get all this? What is this wisdom that's been given to him? where does he? where, what deeds of power are being done by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Jo and Jo Jose or Joe's and Judas and Simon. Are these not his sisters there with us? And they took, they took offense at him. Then Jesus, at the end of it, it says, uh, he, he cannot do these of power there. So he laid his hands. This so was amazed at their unbelief. Okay. Then you go to the next section, which is um, the, the sending out the 12. It says, then, then the time, then he went along among the villages to teaching, uh, t- teaching. He called the 12 and began to send them out two by two, gave them authority over the spirit. He ordered them to take nothing for the journey except no, except a staff. Then, um, verse twelve says they went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. What's interesting to me in this passage here, and I think this is kind of, one of the thing, one things Mark's going for, is um, the contrast of these two crowds. First, the first crowd you see is his hometown. And um, on one hand, you would think these would be the people who would be most, most receptive to Jesus and his ministry. Um, he was family to many of them. They list off his family. Um, but uh, there's no old old line from Dave Ramsey where he says nobody, uh, you know, there's it's called the powdered butt syndrome. When somebody's powdered your butt, they don't want to hear your opinion. They couldn't let go of who Jesus was to them for much of their life. This can't. He can't. Yeah, he's got power, but how could this be? I mean is he not the son of Mary Is he not a carpenter here his siblings i mean how can how can this guy be this powerful messiah? It's not possible. we know him. We remember when he's in third grade No, no it can't be happening and so scripture says that and I highlighted in my in my Bible it says and they took great offense- they took offense at him um they they could not believe in who Jesus was they just they just couldn't do it and because they couldn't believe it says here that he couldn't perform many, many acts of power he healed some sick but by and large he could not do many acts of power there because they just there was not the faith necessary to make this happen okay then contrast that with the next passage where he, we have the 12 apostles he sends them out and it tells them, I didn't read all the specific details, but it says, don't only take a staff, don't take this, don't take that, Depend on hospitality. Preach, if they accept, stay, if they don't, shake the dust off your feet. And then we see, they were able to do many miracles. They cast out many demons. They healed many sick. They had no way too many with oil. So what's interesting to me is you see here contrast of two, uh, two actions. You see the first action, or the first group, where Jesus' hometown, where they should have been receptive to him, and they should have received him, and he should have been able to do many miracles there, but he couldn't because they didn't have faith. And then you see, on the other hand, the apostles go out, and they were able to perform a whole lot of powerful deeds, a whole lot of stuff. They were able to do great things. Why? Well, the text doesn't say, but but I I, I believe that part of the reason why they could do it is because they were following him. They had the faith to leave behind all that they knew, all that they had, all of their families. They they left behind everything that they knew and valued and followed Jesus. They had the faith to take that risk, to take that chance, to take that change and to follow Jesus. And then you have the hometown who couldn't do it. And in fact, it wasn't just it wasn't that it wasn't even that they didn't have faith. The Bible says they took offense at him. Who's this guy coming in here telling us all this mess? We remember him. We remember when he was when his mom had to put him in the nursery when he was a little bitty boy. We remember who he was. And I think I think the central point that this passage can convey to us is: notice the disciples were not were never perfect. You can't read the Bible and come away from understanding think that the disciples had it all figured out. <laughs> because if there's one group of people in the Bible who seem to have no clue what's happening and who seem to never get it right and seem to always be wrong and then seem to always make the mistake, it's the disciples. I mean. Lord love them, but they, they, they tend to always be getting it wrong. I mean, let's, you read the scriptures. I mean, they always tend to be doing it wrong. They say something wrong. They want to call down fire from heaven on their opponents. You know, they betray him. I mean, they deny him. They, they get it wrong. After the Holy Spirit comes on Pentecost, they get it right a lot. But before that, they get it wrong a lot. But yet, in this setting, they perform many miracles. And the hometown folks didn't. No well, miracles could be performed there. It was not the perfection of the disciples that gave them the ability to do these things for God. You can never say in the Bible that it was ever the perfection of the disciples that made anything possible, because that's simply not the case. I think it was their willingness to be used. I think it I think it was simply their willingness to be used by God their willingness to put their faith in Jesus, to eschew safety, to not take money and clothes and all these things, but to go out simply in obedience and in faith to Jesus, trusting in him as he promised to take care of them. And because they entered into this time of ministry and into this time of service with faith, they were able to perform many miracles and many great things happened. And in the hometown where everyone knew him, they just couldn't do it. They just couldn't believe. They just they just couldn't do it. They could not have the faith. So today, I think our challenge is, yeah, let's focus on being obedient. Let, let, it's always a good goal in life to focus on not being stupid. I mean, that that's a really useful thing is to focus on not being stupid. The disciples did not focus on that enough. But what they got right at home was faith. So yeah, let, let's focus on doing the right thing at all times. Let's focus on being obedient to God in all things. Let's focus on, on on giving our life completely to Him. But I think the primary step we take in that journey is the step the disciples had today that they made and that they had right, and that was faith. They believed. They trusted in him. They believed. And because of that, many great things happened today because of him. Where's the hometown, they just couldn't believe. They just couldn't do it. They did not have that faith. And because of that faith, there was some stuff Jesus couldn't do. I truly believe Jesus wants to do great things today through me and you. I really do. I believe he wants today to do great things through us. Great things. Great things. Not because we're perfect. Not because we're amazing. Because he's good. So I I think for us today, the most important step we can take early on in our day today is to take that step of faith and trust him wherever it is he's calling us, to obey him wherever it is he's calling us, and to be faithful to him whatever mission he puts before us today. Even if we don't understand, even if it doesn't make sense, even if it seems crazy, even if it seems dangerous, faith. Faith is always the primary first step. The Bible tells us without faith we can't please God. Faith. The disciples had it. His hometown didn't. And that's what made the difference in their ability for Jesus Christ to work through them and work in them. Faith. So today I pray for me and you, no matter where we find ourselves, no matter what's going on in our life, that we can have faith in Christ, be obedient to him, follow him wherever he's calling, and uh, let him work through us for great things hey love you guys praying for you hope you have a great uh, tuesday morning today a great tuesday all day long and uh we'll see you bright and early uh, tomorrow morning for our reflections have a great day